Hello, and welcome to the Language of Mindfulness podcast. This is a podcast for people who want to have more great conversations in your life. You want to connect, you want to speak authentically, and you want to listen deeply. This is how to do it, and it's the real deal. So why should you listen to the Language of Mindfulness? Because in every episode, I'm going to give you tips and guidance I've learned in my pretty extensive career of coaching and practice from the best and brightest in the field of interpersonal communications, public speaking, meditation, group leadership, and somatic psychology. And we're going to have interviews with some amazing people about their groundbreaking work. It's my goal to give actionable and uncommon tips and advice in every episode that you can implement right away. So subscribe or follow now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you don't listen, you're going to miss some great stuff that you just won't hear anywhere else. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and welcome to the Language of Mindfulness. So I'd really like uh, to welcome to the show today, Chuck Shad. Chuck and I met on LinkedIn and we were having a conversation about the podcast and uh, he had some great suggestions and ideas and I just wanted to connect with him. And so I'd like to introduce you to Chuck. Hey there. Hi, how are you? Great to be I'm, here, Brett. I appreciate yeah, thank the you. time. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate having you on. You know, you were just so you kind of jumped right in and said, sure, I'll, I'll talk to you. And yeah. uh, and so yeah. tell people what it is you're doing these days. Well, these days, after a 35-year IT consultant career, doing oh. everything from writing user manuals to designing, like, big systems, let's just say. Oh, wow. Um, I got out of that system and uh, for various reasons. And uh, then for the last probably mm, six, seven years, I've been teaching people about meditation. We can call mm -hmm. it mindfulness if you want. Um, but teaching people about mindfulness, whether it's in a group kind of corporate setting or if it's a, uh, you know, a smaller concern. And then I also do a lot of one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching with people. And uh, just recently, I became affiliated with Mindful, mm -hmm. uh, the people that do the magazine. And mm -hmm. I am uh, working with them as a meditation coach, dealing with a lot of corporate accounts. Uh, oh, nice. So I've been around, you know, I, I deal with small and big and mm -hmm. everything in between. Uh, oh, oh so, that's so how really did you get I How did you get involved? with? How did you get from IT to Mindful? Uh, well, I had a series of, per you'd have to call them personal crises. <laughs> and um, when I got done with that, I was still like saying, well, wait a minute. Okay, I'm mm. done with that. Uh, but I'm still not really right. Mm. And um, I had learned how to meditate back in the late 70s. When mm. my wife and I recently married, moved to Los Angeles, and we had this job. I don't know, we were writing and editing defense documents in the mm. Reagan years. I'm dating myself. Star Wars? Yeah, well, it was kind of Star Wars. Yeah, we had no idea what it was. We were English <laughs> majors, so we're like, what is this? We don't know what it is. But, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what I'm writing here, right. but, I guess but the pay's right, good, so what the heck. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, um, it was a third shift kind of situation, and um, we had these little transistor radios, and one day we tuned in one of the Pacifica stations, KPFK, Oh, yeah. And uh, there was Ram Dass. And mm. I had a passing knowledge of who he was, um, but he never really spoke to me. And it wasn't like I said he was 
good or bad. I just mm. knew the name. And when I heard his lecture, he had tape lectures on the show. And uh, when I heard the lecture, I, I always tell people my heart just opened. It was oh, just like, so beautiful. Um, and mm. then he would he would you know play the guy. I think his name was Roy of Hollywood. Actually, maybe some of your listeners remember him. But uh, you know he played Ramdas, and then he'd play Alan Watts. Mm-hmm. And then he would usually end with Krishnamurti a little bit more serious. Um, <laughs> yeah. But after that was all and done, um, my wife. That's a big load very, right there. That's a that's yeah, you know the Hall load, of Fame right there. <laughs> yeah, and it was right on time, right on time. And then uh, my wife and I started to meditate a bit. And then when we moved back to Connecticut, which is where we're from, um, there was a Buddhist monk from Vietnam that had just come over after the fall of Hanoi. And uh, he had this little apartment in a uh, kind of crummy part of Hartford. And there was an article about him in the weekly paper one day. And the next day I went over and met him. And uh, he taught us how to meditate. We were uh, there on a couple times a week basis for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he practiced a, you know, very low-key Mahayana Buddhism. And it was very gentle and it was very just nice mm-hmm. and so we did that with him for a couple of years and then he got transferred to san francisco to train more monks mm-hmm. and uh my wife got pregnant and the meditation ball just mm-hmm. got dropped yeah so yeah. i was still so. interested in it reading books about it but mm-hmm. i was off doing something else and mm-hmm. uh when i finally had uh, my own personal Crises. My son was shot five times, almost died. Oh my God! Uh, in a drug deal that went south. Oh, uh, I, I hate it when that. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, and I I'm sorry some, to be a. Yeah, I was terrible, <laughs> and I coped with it by uh, drinking too much. And so when I finally got done with all of that, um, I was still I still felt empty, and I really didn't know where to turn. And I'd been through so much personally that. You know, I wasn't really 100% back. And for some reason, I was searching around, and I found this guided meditation by an Indian guy. Uh, his name is Sadhguru. My wife says he's yeah, a I know, in, like I, know a, I know of his Yeah, work, he's a great yeah. guy. And yeah. I, I started to listen. I used to go every morning. I'd wake up, and I'd, I'd go down in my filthy basement and <laughs> sit there in the dark and listen to his 12-minute meditation. Mm. And after a few weeks, I felt better. And uh, then I took his inner engineering course uh, Mm -hmm. online, which was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I just started coming around and I started really saying like, okay, I really, this is really helping me a lot Mm -hmm. uh, in ways that I can't even describe. And for some reason I said to myself, well, you know, you used to go out and present all the time in your IT days. Um, Why don't you start doing that? And a friend of mine was the head of a library uh, mm-hmm. a couple of towns over from me. And she said, well, come, do do your act over here. <laughs> and I did. And then I ended up doing probably 10 or 15 libraries in the area, mm. always free, you know, general, you know, anybody that wanted to show up. Sure. And uh, right when I was in the middle of that, I got a call from a clinic in Hartford, that Wheeler Clinic is their name. And for a couple of years, they hired me to do a weekly class to basically anyone that would show up. And then after a couple of months of that, they asked me if I would do one-on-one sessions. Mm-hmm. And I did a, a lot of them. And then when the virus hit, it kind of stopped for a bit. But I have a lot of um, private 
uh, clients. And mm. what I teach them is, you know, I deal with people with a variety of things. I can speak about addiction, mm. having been through it and having come out of it, mm-hmm. having been around a lot of people that also suffered from it. Some mm-hmm. of them are still suffering, the ones mm-hmm. that are still around. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm able to do a pretty good job with that. And then I, you know, I deal with anxiety mm. sufferers. Uh, sometimes people come to me when they're very depressed, when their therapists haven't really been able to help them. And, uh, you know, then I get into relationships. I deal with a lot of people that are trying to lose a few pounds and they've mm. been through diets for a hundred years and mm. they're still not where they want to be. Mm-hmm. And so I teach them just how to be a little bit kinder to themselves. Yeah, and because often behind the of, scenes, there's with that, there's there's some judgment and putting right. in these inner critics sort of work. Yeah, so and you know, and you know, the mindfulness teacher's best friend is a habit, right? Mm-hmm. It's all the things that people come to me for are uh, behaviors or habits that they think they can't get past. Whether mm-hmm. it's gaining a few pounds, uh, having a few too many cigarettes, having a too many drinks on the weekend, uh, smacking your kids around too much, yelling Yikes. at people, all that stuff. I'm yeah. able to just say, okay, let's come back here and let's use our breath to kind of focus on what's inside us and not fall for all of the labels and the judgments that mm-hmm. immediately present in our heads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I show them that you know, these things are just the mind's way of kind of coping with things. And, uh, you know, when the mind is left on its own, uh, it kind of can go into autopilot. And what happens is sometimes it goes into autopilot the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you end up with a, a few things that you're not too happy about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then there's, you know, in, in the culture that we live in, it's a very uh, kind of superficial culture in a certain way. Uh, people are so obsessed with the way that they uh, look or what they do for a living or where they live or all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I brought up my two sons in the American suburbs, so I know kind of the way, you know, people get through their lives and how sometimes, uh, you know, two and two doesn't equal four at the end of the day. And mm. they, you know, develop whatever it is, whether it's a kind of compulsion up here of thinking about the same thing too much and then Mm -hmm. maybe doing something after you do that that you wake up the next day and you're like come on man Um, so meditation is just as you know Brad meditation is a great balance Mm -hmm. of just using what you have inside you to kind of help you with some of the problematic things Mm -hmm. so So that's really Kind of what I do. Okay, well, that's that's a hell of a story, and um, <laughs> I'm. It's like whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot going on. Yeah. No, no, it's great. I love it. I love people with rich history. Well, I always tell people, you know, if meditation worked for me, there's no reason why it won't work for you. <laughs> I am living proof. Well, first I'm of living all, proof this works. Right. You know, so the I fact that I'm living is proof. That's right. That's it. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm, 
wondering, like, okay, so you're helping people who come to you with these habits and yeah. somebody's coming to you going, you know, I, my inner, I'm doing these things that are not so great and I'm really down on myself about it. But, yeah. And you're saying, oh, well, what you need to do is to go inside and look at yourself more. I mean, but when you do that, isn't that kind of like you said, kind of like looking at the dirty basement and going, well, the- it depends on which pair of glasses you have to look. See, included in meditation, as you know, included in meditation is the concept of not judging. Mm. And so we think of ourselves, okay, well, you don't want me to judge the other people. Well, really, the important thing is not to be too judgmental about yourself. Well, aren't these behaviors sort of objectively, like, not good, though? I mean, couldn't you say Now, that's an interesting word you just used. I always say that. Meditation gives you a bit of objectivity about yourself Mm -hmm. because you're able to develop that pause and that really I'm big on the witness concept Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of being able to watch what's happening in your head. Um, When I studied to be a hypnotherapist, actually I studied with a guy in Seattle um, and I would come out there where you are and uh, he said, listen, he said, you know, and he was teaching hypnotherapy, but he had a meditation background. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, listen, he said, if you can look at those thoughts and those feelings that accompany the thoughts that are going on in your head, just as if it was a movie playing in a nice movie theater mm-hmm. in the dark mm-hmm. and you were by yourself in the middle of like Friday afternoon with nothing to do. You just landed in the movie theater by yeah. yourself watching the movie. That's the idea. Mm-hmm. Now, people will say, well, wait a minute. If I'm just watching my actions and my thoughts and everything as a movie, it's going to go out of control. But as I always tell them, it's out of control now, which is why we're talking, (laughs) right? Which is why we're talking. So I always say that instead of having a 100% subjective experience with all of the repetition and the unconscious behaviors that are up there in your head, why not take a step back? And taking that step back, any scientist will tell you that taking that step back and being a little bit more objective about something will get you maybe closer to what's really happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. you know, that's the idea that I use. So, But how does that get you to, um, how does that help people get to, I'm okay, what I'm, so you're not saying to people, what you're doing is okay. Right. You're, you're saying don't. I would say what you're doing is what you're doing. Uh-huh. I'm not saying it's good or bad. What okay. you're doing is what you're doing. Mm. So just be, just accept the truth of that. Accept what's happening so that you can change it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And don't get into a battle with yourself about whatever it is, whatever problem you have up here. Most people cannot get past that issue, whether it's addiction, or it's overeating, it's whatever it is, worrying, being depressed, most people cannot get past that because they think that that is them. Like, mm-hmm. in, to use computer terms, they think that's hardwired. Mm-hmm. Like, I, in my entire life, I would consider myself a anxiety person, very mm-hmm. anxious. Anything mm-hmm. that happened, I'd be nervous, mm-hmm. which is kind of why I drank. But Everything just made me nervous. I always mm-hmm. tell people that if there was beer in kindergarten, I would have been there because <laughs> I was a nervous wreck, probably. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I thought that was me. Mm-hmm. And when I started to develop meditation in the last few years, I saw that that's a version of me. 
but mm. it ain't me. And so now I say, I always tell my clients that, you know, I meditate first thing in the morning every day. Mm. And sometimes I'm sitting on this chair meditating and I'll start feeling that anxiety. But now I'm able to just say, ah, there's that clown up there again. Mm. There's that anxious stuff. Not mm. interested, and I move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone had told me 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago that I could do that, I would tell them they were lying. But mm-hmm. I've experienced it, I experience it every day. My life has completely changed with this. So, when did you first get the, the aha that this was really going to make a difference? It was, it was listening to that guided Sadhguru tape. Yep. So, d- it all happened like yep. in a moment. There. Yep. Yeah, well, wow. not in a moment. It, uh, it's a very, as he would tell you, it's a very incremental thing. Mm. Uh, it's not something for most of us that just goes, you know, the light comes on. That, that didn't happen to me. The light kind of started showing up a little bit more. It was on the dimmer everything. switch, right? It kind of like. That's mm. right. That's a better one. Just kind of <laughs> slow. And slowly now. You just got to be careful. That's why they always say, just trust the process. Yeah. Right? If yeah. you trust the process and you keep doing it, like I always tell people, when I was growing up, you know, throwing the ball around outside in the street with my friends, there was always somebody at like three o'clock in the afternoon to be playing the piano upstairs. Mm-hmm. And we all be saying like, oh my God, can he come out here and just play with us? What's that clown doing up there? But the, but the thing is, nine out of 10 of us that were in the street throwing the ball around, walked into a room when we were 30 with a piano and said, boy, wouldn't it have been nice to be able to play that? <laughs> right. But we sat down at the piano and we couldn't play it. This mm-hmm. kid knows how to play the piano because the habit, he just kept doing it. Mm-hmm. There were probably Tuesdays and Wednesdays where he said to himself, I don't want to do this anymore. Or maybe his mother had a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But the bottom line is, he put enough time into it. He didn't give up. And now he knows how to play the piano. Same thing with this. Rome so wasn't you- in the day. Yeah, so what do you do to get you through? It's not bright enough to illuminate the room, but you can tell there's some current going and you, you still have all this anxiety. So how do you how do you keep the momentum going through that phase where you haven't really kind of gotten to a place where you it's like learning to ride a bike, right? Except yeah. it's takes a little longer because you can it you takes know, longer but yeah you have, that's why you have to have patience mm-hmm. i always tell people just have some patience and i always tell them you know in every session that i do with people there's a guided part of it and i always tell people at the end of that that the way you feel right now you can feel like that anytime mm-hmm. this isn't something that you have to come here for this mm-hmm. is something that you can certainly do on your own And it's something that the more you do do it, the more it starts to manifest itself in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. Like with me, I was always the kind of guy who I was uh, one of those liberal arts kind of guys that Mm -hmm. not good with my hands. And so when something broke in my house, I picked up the phone and called somebody to fix it. Mm -hmm. And then I went through periods of my life where I didn't have as much money as I did. And after I started meditating, I was able to fix things myself. My wife would look at me and say, really? You know how to do that? And the only thing was, I was being patient, taking one thing at a time. And meditation Mm. taught me to be able to look a bit objectively about the task at hand. And so that's the power of it. And the only thing you have to do is be do it and be patient with yourself. Because it, mm. it's going to take a little longer. Like I have people that show up saying, I just want this to work in 15 minutes. And I, I look at them and I say, I'm not a pharmacist. 
<laughs> you know, uh, you can go down the street and go to the pharmacist, and mm -hmm. he'll give you something that will work in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. That's not what this is. You know, mm -hmm. this is just yeah. a very natural uncovering of who you are before mm -hmm. you started all these machinations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so there's like there's this this who you are before you started all these machinations. And so somehow the there's original. a. Yeah, I mean, that? Buddhists call it, you know, Buddhists, I think, call it the original self or mm -hmm. something like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, with the Western mind these days, you know, we, we look at it kind of like. What? what the hell does that mean? But it's right there inside all of us. The, mm -hmm. the peace inside all of us is there. It's just been covered up with all of these. I mean, Sadhguru would say the goal of meditation is to give up everything you made up. And mm -hmm. what up here didn't you make up? Mm -hmm. You know, we've all watched enough Netflix shows at this point. <laughs> about murder right and so we know some guy gets shot and the five people that were there all have different stories right yeah. so your memory is not reliable scientists that's true that. Boy, more the science is really proven that right so Sci why trust yeah. this stuff up here why trust it i mean it's there but if you watch it you can see how fallible it is and mm -hmm. how it's based on basic repetition just the yeah. more you start churning something, the more you're going to keep churning it. This allows you, meditation says, hey, let's take a step back and just watch that churning mm -hmm. and just see it for what it is and mm -hmm. what it isn't and how everything changes every second. So how can we think that one thing is always us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, a big... Uh a big vision. And, and I, I agree with you. It's like, there's a lot of binary thinking in the culture. Like, you know, yeah. I want, I want to achieve X. And if my right. is a tool to help me get there, then how can I distill it down to its most powerful condensed form, take a pill and it's, uh, well, I'll tell you the exact version of it that, that I think resonates. It's like if you've uh, seen the movie The Matrix, right? And he's like, and, and yeah. he's like, they're, they're downloading stuff. And it's like, I know Kung Fu. You know, it's kind of like, and it's just kind of like, oh, it's like that. It's like, can you just download the mindfulness stuff to me? And like, oh, I know mindfulness. And it's kind of like people are looking for those kinds of answers with mindfulness. It's not a commodity. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, yeah. if, it, if you're looking at mindfulness as just another product, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. I think what you have to do is take a step back again and use that watching part of yourself to just see it for what it is and under begin and, and through the, you know, through the daily practice, even if it's just a few minutes a day, you actually, I always tell people meditation is experiential. It's empirical. Mm -hmm. You actually are going to feel it. Mm -hmm. You're actually going to experience it. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you have to reach outside yourself for. It's mm -hmm. right here. Now, you might need someone like us to help you uncover that, but it really is right inside you. And it's mm -hmm. what everything has always been made of and everything will always be made of. And we're just part of that. Mm -hmm. I always thought back before I really started meditating a few years ago, that it was just, I would wake up in the morning and I wouldn't articulate this myself, Brad, but I felt like I was just one little guy in this really treacherous place, 
mm. called the universe, and how could I possibly not feel yeah. marginalized? Well, right. right when you when you're individuated that and you're that kind of disconnected from the whole, how could you? Like you say, yeah. you know, you're just a little yeah. sparrow in the storm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a good metaphor. Um, but you know, people. Um, you know, I would say ninety percent of the people that I work with, uh, I keep working with, and what I do is really, you know, un help them uncover the stuff that's going on in their own lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, being a person that suffered from various things before I started doing this, I can empathize pretty well with you know whatever it is that's got them. You know, everybody's got something that they just can't get past, mm -hmm. and when that gets to the point where it might become too much, or someone tells them, you better do something about this, or blank, then, you know, that's a perfect opportunity. It's chaotic, maybe, but it's a perfect opportunity to say, all right, let's just rest for a minute here. Mm -hmm. let's, I use breathing a lot, Brett, mm -hmm. you know, deep, slow breathing. And just being here, you know, I know it's all over the place now, but, you know, that whole power of now, mm -hmm. of just, seeing the magic and the power really of this present moment and mm -hmm. how when you start to experience that beauty and that calmness it just spreads mm -hmm. and if you have a little bit of patience it pays off mm -hmm. yeah beautiful so you like uh, Eckhart Tolle's stuff yeah I do like him I find him very uh, comforting mm -hmm. um, you know uh, he's great I read a lot of the um, Indian mystics too. Uh, mm -hmm. I like uh, Nisargadatta. I like mm -hmm. the. I, he wrote that book. I am Matt, and he's all about the. You know, awareness is really all we have. Everything else is just kind of a fabrication of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I like that idea, but also in my business, I have to be careful not to get too spiritual, <laughs> right? Because you know, <laughs> people come. I mean, people come with a lot of, I mean, well, we could call it in the 60s, we call it baggage. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's their baggage. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of a big deal for them. So I have to kind of, you know, respect that and kind Absolutely. of tread lightly. But, yeah. you know, well, that's and the great. game that I'm in and the game that you're in is, you know, you have to, uh, and I was like this when I was an IT consultant, because um, my wife and I had our own business, so we never mm -hmm. really were part of the company we are always the outsiders and mm -hmm. you know i always tell people the reason you hire us is yeah we can do a job but we intuitively know where to meet you you know we mm -hmm. meet you where you are and we mm -hmm. give you within 15 minutes i can tell you what you need and mm -hmm. that's still what i'm doing uh you know in this <laughs> incarnation as the meditation guy i see so you're just taking those yeah. same skills and saying this person's oh, yeah. Here's a system. This person yeah. is a system, and it needs these oh, yeah. things. And yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just like I tell people, they can't come with any preconceptions about things. Uh, I can't either. I have to mm. be right here for you, and mm. whatever it is that's up with you, I mm -hmm. have to be able to make that bridge immediately. Yeah. Well, I love that very much, and I I have to say I align with that a lot in my own work in terms of working with people what are in the moment, so to speak, and kind of like dealing yeah. with whatever wave they happen to be riding. Because when I was trained in a Hakomi um, somatic therapy, they they really really kind of made this a big uh, a big deal in terms of um, it doesn't really matter in when someone comes as a client. I mean, it matters. I don't want to dismiss it, but it's it's like 
someone comes in that says, well, they've got a problem that they don't know how to speak up or they've got a problem that they didn't do X or they've got a problem they're struggling yeah. with Y, that the story doesn't really matter because all of the issues always go to the same internal architecture of the person. And so That's you right. can start, you can start, it's almost like cartography. It, it doesn't right. matter if you start filling in the blanks of a blank page of a map on the lower yeah. left or the upper right. Yeah. The map is the same when you're done. So it doesn't well, really matter where good, you start. You know, I mean, a good, a good therapist will tell you that it's never about the content. It's mm. about the way the person presents content exactly and it took that. me a long time to realize that Brett I mean I knew it was right but I didn't know why it was right mm. and after doing this for as long as I've been doing it now I do see that so yeah within, yeah within like 30 seconds of the way you present what's going on and what's you know what your issue is tells me a lot more about you than just the issue yeah it's amazing if you yeah and one of the Profound skills or profound benefits, I think, of practicing mindfulness and particularly in a relational context is the way that a person can feel connected to people that you don't know very well. Yeah. Really quickly, because you're seeing sort of deep into the persona. Well, you're tapping into what what all of us are made of to begin with. So yeah. it feels familiar, even though you might not consciously know mm-hmm. that there's mm-hmm. some commonality there and there's some deep connection that's always been there. Hello, yeah. always been there, <laughs> exactly. but we're so caught up in doing what we're doing that we forget it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And if you don't forget it, it changes the conversation. That's one of my standard that's lines. Right. Like when, when, you, when right. you when you talk to people, when you're connected to this thing, it changes the conversation. And it's oh, it a does. better conversation. Oh, it know? does. Yeah. It does. Beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you reckon how Ramdas used to say, listen, you're not coming to my lectures for me to tell you anything new. What I'm doing is showing you what you have inside you that you forgot. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, he was right. He was mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I, I remember uh, I was listening to Alan Watts uh, talk, and he was so, a lot of the same things, but a lot edgier yeah. about it. And yeah. uh, and he would say, so you're coming here, and you think I'm going to tell you something that's going to help you. Well, right. what's up with that? <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, those, you know, he was great at that, right? I yeah. mean, he was great at being a devil's advocate, and he was so quick uh, yeah. and so knowledgeable, you know, and he knew what he was talking about, that he was able to just do that. Um, and Ram Dass did that did that too but he always had that kind of deep spiritual thing going well, on he, with Ram Dass, you feel like you said he, 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 I loved what you said because it just opened your heart oh, and so he, you know he is just so infused with this heartfulness oh, yeah. I mean, and you, you couldn't can tell, help but catch it no, no yeah, I mean, if you're listening that. at all, if you have a resonant field in you that can resonate yeah. with that, that's a powerful one, right? Yeah, I remember right before my wife got pregnant with our first kid, uh, we went to a weekend with Ram Dass up in the Berkshires. Mm. And it was, you know, weekend retreat kind of thing. There's probably 100 people there, but it was, it was, I would have to say, one of the big events of my life because mm. it was just, he was right there. And, uh, uh, you know, it wasn't an act. I mean, it was just yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can feel it, and and you can. He had. Um, there's a guy who I I like, Andrew Harvey. I don't know if you're familiar with his yeah, work. He's sort of him, a mystic, yeah. and yeah. and um, 
he has a talk on the gifts of uh, spirit or the gifts of the divine. And, and, yeah. and I love that talk because what he taught, one of the things he says is, you know, humor, humility, yeah. you know, graciousness. And so yeah. I think, and, and I don't personally don't know Ram Dawson. I never walked around with him. I wasn't part of his inner yeah. sanctum, but yeah. from the people I've, the, the street lore is that, you know, yeah. he was a lot of those things. And so I look for that in people who are th spiritual teachers as a way to affirm that they actually got it and not. That's right. And they're well, not, you know, they're not just funneling it through their personality. That's right. You know, Ramdas did a good, he was always talking about how, uh, you know, the, the idea, and I think they made a movie by that title after he died, uh, becoming nobody. But he was always into, we are so caught up in our specialness and our mm -hmm. uniqueness that mm -hmm. we all need to go to nobody's special training. And he'd be dealing with, you know, the, the crowd he'd be talking to be overeducated, uh, you know, people, smart, right. smart, smart. Right, yeah, achievers, yeah, yeah. right, entrepreneurs, you know, Silicon Valley. And they're <laughs> neuroscientists and they're, you know, space inventors and they're presidents. You know, they're, they're all over the place. And he'd be looking at them and saying, no, you, the idea is you can't be so special. And people be like, right. well, wait a minute, if I'm not special, who the hell am I? Well, mm -hmm. that's where it is, right? That's the Well, message. we right, and it's so counterculture in the sense of, to you know, use a really old term, in, in the sense of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the urgency to stand out, to be, yeah. to rise yeah. above the noise. And I yeah. think, I think yeah. a lot of it is just the noise level that we deal with in oh. this culture. There's so much noise oh. that the only signals used to use a, a technical framework, yeah. you know, signal to noise ratio. There's so much noise that the only signals that get through are the That's extremely, right. extremely amplified ones that right. rise above the din, so to speak. Right. And, and you know, so, <clears throat> excuse me. you know, Ram Dass was here before, obviously before all this visual, uh, explosion. So, that, you know, I mean, I deal with people that I don't think they'd be coming to me if they didn't have to, you know, constantly be worrying about how they didn't look as good as the person on the next video, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this kind of obsession with celebrities and and just all that stuff. I mean, I, I'm i not saying it's good or bad, but if you look at it as the only way to go, I, I, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're using comparisons to kind of set yourself up, you're always going to find somebody that's better looking, smarter, uh, always, you right. know, whatever. Right. You're always going to find that. And, if, right. you know, if you live in that shadow <laughs> of not being quite enough, then you end up with some problems. Well, I had an interview along those lines with Dr. Ron Siegel, uh, who teaches, yeah. um, you know, con the impact of mindfulness and psychotherapy at Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know him. Yeah. He, uh, he was talking about this, like this, you know, this comparative brain, which developed necessarily over yeah, yeah, since millennial, yeah. because yeah. it was necessary to procreate, to actually compare. Like, is that guy going to be able to take me down because I'm going to be, right. I need to be the alpha here. And, and well, so it's like, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. But we're not under those threats now. Now survival no. is like you're saying, no. well, am I just as attractive as the next guy on the video? Right. Or it's, it's like, that's where we're at. So yeah, we've had no, this big shift no, in, in, yeah, the, I mean, in reality, but the brain hasn't yeah. caught up. Yeah. And the impact of that is kind of severe on, yeah, uh, on, on the culture. Well, that's why people are so, you know, they're suffering so much mm -hmm. and you know I, I mean obviously i'm not the first guy to tell you this but 
you know, the virus just kind of took the mask off and mm. all of a sudden we're home and, <laughs> you know, we're still home and then we're more home and, you know, <laughs> everything's being violated. You know, I mean, we used to mm. get in the car and go to work every day and had that whole vibe going and then we came home and, you know, had that vibe going and now mm. it's just all mixed up and people are like, wait a minute, what is going on? Right. Well, but yeah. it's a perfect opportunity for us to just say, hey. The virus is telling us to pause, so mm -hmm. let's just take a break here and maybe just do a new kind of way of doing the inventory inside us. Mm -hmm. And instead of constantly grabbing onto labels and good-bad comparisons, mm -hmm. why don't we start with just everything is just right here. And mm -hmm. let's experience really, maybe for the first time, what being right here really means mm, beautiful I love and that. once you do experience that it's so real and it's so elemental you know it's, mm. it's just such a deep part of you that it's impossible if you give it enough time it's impossible not to be changed by it mm -hmm. now you're channeling right now i can feel it and it's Am beautiful I? yeah <laughs> channeling i mean channeling being it's like yeah. coming in, coming in no, I get it. so yeah. uh, beautiful yeah. Well, so uh, how can people connect with you if they want to find out more of the goodness that you're up Well, to? they can find me in the Mindful Directory. I think my email stuff is there. I also okay. have a website. I have a company called The Inner Theater. Three words, no spaces. T-H-E-I-N-N-E-R-T-H-E-A-T-E-R. The Inner Theater, spelled American Theater, uh, <laughs> E-R at the end. And uh, you can find me on Facebook. I do a lot of uh, group events. And uh, actually, I've met a lot of my clients through Facebook. Mm. Um, but the different social media, I'm, I'm around there. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of easy to find. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. I hope people do because it's been well, a ton of fun talking to you. I hope they do, too, because uh, I always <laughs> like to meet new people. And, you know, uh, as I said earlier, a lot of the time, almost always, I can help you. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you. It's been great talking to you today. Hey, great talking to you, Brett. I appreciate Thanks. the opportunity. Sure. So that's a wrap on today's edition of the Language of Mindfulness podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If so, please leave us a review on iTunes and follow along on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We'd really appreciate it. And check us out at languageofmindfulness.com where you can sign up for a free coaching session. And because we get so many questions on this, you can access how to start a mindfulness meditation practice at languageofmindfulness.com forward slash now. Thanks a ton. And we're looking forward to a lot of great new content coming up as well. Have a great one and stay present. Thanks. <laughs>